Thank you, Lord. You ready for the word? No, no, no I'm not feeling you here. Are you ready for the word? Yeah. All right. So, uh, last week we were, uh, we are still on our series, Christ, the Rages of Eternal Forgiveness. But under the series, we are still dealing with responsibility of forgiveness. Praise God. Uh, I told you, like I say always, that when you read the New Testament or the entire Bible, there is a place for doctrine, which is for the establishment of the faith of the believer. Then it's a place for instructions, which is the practical Christian walk. Instructions are for the practical Christian life of the believer. So who you are must correspond to what you do. There are people who say, my Christianity is in my heart. No, it's, only, it's, it's not only in your heart, it's in your heart and in your act. Praise God. The Bible calls us living epistles. That means there's a time where a Christian can live a life that looks exactly like the Bible. Praise God. So I told you, it's either you are a living epistle or a living pistol. But you got to walk in the word. Praise God. So I won't take too much time because we have a lot to deal with in uh, teaching. So we looked at anger. <clears throat> we looked at anger. That was last week. It was very beautiful. It's a lot. I don't want to go into it. So I want to continue. A lot of times, uh, we, uh, okay, I still want to brush. Oh me. Someone says that's you. Okay. Hallelujah. So we, we said that anger in itself is not a sin. We have explained that anger and uh, temper is a gift of God. God gave everyone temper but not a bad temper. So you choose what you do with that temper. I told you in the Old Testament and even in the New, men used anger to accomplish things for God. Anger becomes sin when we give in to the flesh. Anger becomes sin when uh, it begins to bring destruction and division. Anger becomes sin when it destroys relationship. So in Ephesians chapter 4, the verse 26, the Bible says, be angry. In fact, you are instructed to be angry. A believer who has never gotten angry before is to be scared. You are to fear any believer or any human being who has never gotten angry before. The Bible says, be angry. That means there is a reason God gave us anger. Because I told you there are times anger can be used in a godly way to accomplish things for God. I give you an example of uh, there was uh, a certain highway on the Adenta Road that was killing a lot of people. And one time it killed somebody and the whole town decided in anger to go to the government and demonstrate. Within some few weeks, they fixed it. The power of anger. Praise God. So anger can be used to accomplish things. David in anger said, who is this uncircumcised Philistine? Who defiles the army of Israel? So in anger, he stood against one that defiled the name of God. Praise God. Moses came with the tabernacles of the commandments. And when he came, he saw them merry making with idols. In anger, he broke them into pieces. That anger was not sinful. That anger was to call them to repentance. Praise God. But anger can become devilish when it takes control of you and it's used to destroy. Like Cain in anger of his brother out of envy killed his brother. Praise God. So we, we spend some more time of dealing with strong uncontrolled anger. We said that is very dangerous. Someone says, oh for me I was giving birth that way. 
my father was also quick-tempered so I'm also quick-tempered I think I learned from my father amazing so normally many believers want to give uh, want to find uh, excuses not to be responsible your father gave birth to 10 why didn't you give birth to 10 since, since he gave you uh, impartation but that one you chose to give birth to two but you chose to keep the anger see you are a new creation and you need to respond to the original identity you have in you you are not an angry person you need to be in control of your anger your anger should not bring division it should not enter into strife never that becomes sinful praise God hallelujah now there are three fools of anger three main fools of anger let me do it quickly so we go into today's message there are three fools of anger so anytime you see anger coming either from you or from another person you need to discern the source three fools of anger number one is a fear anger can come out of fear for example um, um, the husband of a wife went to work he says he's going to come at eight o'clock at nine o'clock he's not back 10 o'clock he's not back 11 o'clock he's not back the wife is calling the husband the husband's phone is switched off now the man comes back home around 12 a.m and the wife is like what is wrong with you are you mad now it wasn't that she was necessarily angry she was afraid and that fear was expressed through what anger so now if you are able to understand how anger is expressed this way when someone expresses anger towards you you can discern and know that this is fear i don't have to retaliate so one of the force of anger is fear number two frustration when people are frustrated they easily get angry so you the one that gets angry anytime you get scared control control it number two anytime you get frustrated you got to be very careful because frustration can make you do things that you will definitely regret later praise God so like a bad day can make you angry number three quickly um, hurt hurt can also make you angry so these are the three fuels of anger hurt when people are hurt they express it through anger so anytime you are hurt you need to look within before you see anytime your anger is spontaneous it is not safe when your anger is spontaneous you are not safe Handle your anger like you handle your phone. You do get that. You handle your anger like you handle your phone. You can choose to do whatever you want with your phone. You can control it. You can hold it. You, you, you need to be in control of your anger. Praise God. That is why we have what we call self-control. Self-control. God doesn't do it for you. Self control you have the ability to control yourself hallelujah 
Now, doctors have discovered that anytime people get uncontrollably angry, they release poisonous fluids into their system. This is a doctor's uh, prescription and discovery. Anytime you keep releasing uncontrolled anger, outburst of wrath, you release fluids which are poisonous to your system. Yeah, some, of, some of you are making us pray too much. We are praying for things we shouldn't be praying for. And I always encourage pastors that if you pray for people, they don't, uh, I mean, they don't see miracles instantly. Sometimes don't blame, your, blame yourself too much. Because sometimes there's a temptation to feel you are not anointed. But sometimes there's unforgiveness hiding somewhere. There is resentment hiding somewhere. And it needs to be uprooted. Are you following this? Now, so we said force of anger is number one, fear. Number two, frustration. Number three, what? Hurt. So now, this is to make you discern both from your side and then from the side of the other party. Because out of frustration, people can release anger towards you. And out of frustration, you can also release anger towards others. So, when you discover that people are frustrated and they release anger on you, you don't also retaliate anger with anger. Are you following this? Alright. So now, last week I was sharing with you that anger can manifest in its, uh, itself through several ways. Many people think that anger is when you are like, are you crazy? I'm angry. I'll fight you. I'll put you. Now, you see, our personalities also count how we express our anger. So there are some of you when you are angry, you are quiet. So you think you are okay. You are not okay. There are some of you when you are angry, you express it violently. And normally we say the one who expresses it more violently is, is, is like disgracing himself. The silent one is more dangerous because you will kill yourself slowly. Praise God. So, one of the ways anger can be uh, expressed is number one, criticism. There are sometimes people who are angry, but they, they won't tell you they're angry. They begin to criticize something you're doing. It's, it's an expression of anger. They are just angry, but they won't say, I'm angry. They start to criticize everything you do. You do this, oh, why? Eh? Why? We are tired. Why? It is anger. Number two, intimidation. There are people who are intimidated with people. They are angry, but they express their anger through intimidation. They are just scared of this guy because probably he's more gifted. So they are just angry that he's gifted. And they express that anger by or through intimidation. Number three, um, plenty complain. So, so if anybody who says here that I've never been angry before, now you, you, you see it for yourself. Praise God. Number five, depression. Sorry, number four. Okay, number four, depression. There are people who get angry and their anger when meditated makes them depressed. But actually it is anger. They are angry. But they don't know it's anger. So they feel they are depressed. But normally if you trace the root, it's anger. Number five, silence. You've not seen a man who is angry and is like... <laughs> it's also a, a, an expression of anger. 
Silence. I'm not talking of self-control. There's a difference between self-control and silence. So when you are silently angry, it doesn't mean you are self-controlled. Have you seen it? Alright. Next, gossip. Next, blame. Sometimes you are angry, but the only way you can express it is to blame people. Finally, strife or quarrel. So anger can find itself expressing, uh, can, can find itself being expressed through this, uh, the following ways, like I said. Alright, now you need to put this down. Very important. When you hold resentment for another person, you have given him or her control of your life. When you hold resentment for another person, you have given him or her control over your life. I don't think anybody will want to be in this state. The people you hold resentment against, you give them control over your life. Very important. They take so much control over your life. You see this guy, just because you are angry, when you see him passing this route, you change your route. You will prefer using a long cut than a short cut because of that brethren. The person is now controlling you. He's controlling you. On our words. When you wake up in the morning, the first thought that comes is not God, it's him or her. He's controlling you. And soon he will take over your life. And he is free or she is free. And yet, memories of that person is controlling you. I begin to change your philosophies in life. Life is hard. No, no, life is not hard. You are angry. And that person's anger is making you change your philosophies about life. When you see the person standing and talking to somebody, you feel you are the topic. You are, just, you are just worrying yourself. I tell people, listen, I value my spiritual life more than any other thing. So nobody is going to get in my way. Because anytime you keep anger growing, resentment growing, unforgiveness growing, it's going to affect your spiritual work. Listen, you don't need revelation to catch this. It will affect your spiritual work. There are believers who are not growing because of what I'm teaching you about. And we will teach, 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 teach. After 10 years, they remain the same. Now, it's serious. Now, I've discovered that, you know, sometimes many students are, are admitted in the same university, but not all graduate the same. Have you realized that? Same lecturer, same school fees, same lecture notes, yet some go with a fifth class, others go with the first class. Man of God, what class did you get? I got Jesus class. <laughs> Hallelujah. Are you following this? Alright, so quickly, dealing with anger. Dealing with anger. Now, you need to understand that in dealing with anger, love must lead you. Love must lead you. 
Love must lead any form of attitude that doesn't bring glory to God. The only antidote to anything that is ungodly is the love of God. If a believer finds it difficult to forgive, it is because he has not understood his forgiveness. You know, it took us 20 teachings to establish the doctrinal aspect of forgiveness. But I am sure there are people who are sitting here who still can't forgive. But when I say you are forgiven in Christ, you shall glory. Now, you're being a hypocrite. I told you of the man that was forgiven how many um, talents? 10,000 talents. Which is equivalent to how much? You soon forgot. It's 3380000000 dollars. That's 10,000 talents. He was forgiven of all his debt. And when he went, he saw another servant owing him how much? 100 pence, which is what? $2. He put him into prison. It was a parable. So Jesus forgave you all this huge debt. Yet you can't forgive others. Praise God. Now, okay, so quickly. Repress it, number one. Repress. Repress it. What is repress? Repress means to subdue and to conquer. Sometimes you can be angry and anger can tell you what to do. Slap her. Slap her. Her face is free. Insult her. Insult her. It is anger talking. It's talking through the voice of your flesh. Insult her back. You are better than her. Look at her face. Insult her. Give it to her. Show her that you are the mama. Prove to her that you are in charge. Insult her some. Share. You hear it? You hear the voice. Share. Subdue it. No, you, you, you need to, let to, you need to let, learn to tell the devil that, listen, devil, I'm not giving in to you. So you subdue that anger. You won't take the best of me. I'm a child of God. The love of God dwells in me. The Bible says love is long-suffering. In other words, love is not easily angered. You convince yourself quickly. You see, why do we study the word? Why do we preach the word? When we preach the word, the word dwells in you richly. Now, when you walk in life and something happens, the Holy Spirit takes that word in your heart and speaks to you through that word. Are you seeing that? So he transferred the revelation you have in your heart into your mind, which makes you conscious that you begin to live that life. But unfortunately, some of you cannot be spoken to by the Holy Spirit. Not because he does not speak, because you decide not to hear. There are so many mistakes and relationships you wouldn't have lost if you were a little patient. And I told you that people who are walking about angry with people who don't even know that they are angry with them. And there are others who are angry about things when they hear the true story, they realize that it was false. You can imagine keeping an anger for 10 years and you got to know it was not true. Pastor Moses called me the other time when I taught on offense and he told me that something happened in his office and what I was teaching really blessed him. He said there was a time when we were having a seat match program. He had to swap with someone. Normally when they do work on holidays, they are paid some bonus. So he decided to swap it with the boss. So the boss had to look for someone in there. And the boss agreed with him that he's not going to pay him. He's okay, yes sir. So the, a lady was asked to go and work for him. 
and the lady thought that uh, Pastor Moses is going to be paid so she's going to take Pastor Moses pay and take her pay unfortunately after she finished working she was not paid so she thought Pastor Moses had taken the money that was all Pastor Moses did when she sees Pastor Moses passing here shoo, passes here when they are talking and Pastor Moses comes he stops the conversation and leaves the office there was a time Pastor Moses wanted to approach her and talk to her when they got to the office he says walk out hey <laughs> hi and Pastor Moses had to go and speak through somebody to tell her I didn't take that money she didn't still believe still angry now what You need to take your time. The story you are hearing might not be true. See, many have lost marriages because of this thing I'm sharing with you. They had things they did not verify. Many had things about their friends that uh, yo, I had your friend, he was spoiling you, spoiling you. Be careful. They say, eh, spoiling me. <laughs> you see him, you didn't ask him. Bro, I, I heard that you said this about me. I hope it's, it's not true. At least if it's true, you have, you have confronted him. And normally when people are confronted, they lie. It's normal. You got to expect it. I heard you are saying this. Me! Me! Hi! Kaika! Me! It is true. But you need to understand. It's human nature. They don't want to be disgraced. Oh, said me! Okay, it's not you. <laughs> it's not you. But be careful next time. That's all. You said it. But now you keep it in your heart. You see him. You see him. Hey, friends. Friends. You will die before your time. I'm telling you. Now it's happening even in ministry. So, you see, someone you're talking about anger, you think that, okay, it's just happening among believers. You have no idea. It's happening amongst music ministers. It is happening among preachers. It is happening amongst all kinds of people, even in the entertainment industry. Praise God. Number two, you suppress it. That means you control it. You need to know that the battle with anger is consistent and continuous. You need to keep subduing it. Because as long as your flesh is still alive, I keep saying this. Listen, when you got born again, there is something called your flesh. Your flesh is made up of two elements. The old nature and self. When you got crucified with Christ, it was your old man that was crucified. The flesh still remained. The flesh is controlled by your five senses. They work together. Which is yourself. So, as long as you are still remaining in this body, yourself is still around. So, don't think after overcoming self one day, that is all. Victory forever. No. You're going to keep doing that every time until you, until you tame the voice of self. Until Jesus increases and you decrease. That is how it is. How do I know a man is maturing or a man is matured? By the increase of Christ in him. Am I saying Christ increases? No. But Paul says in Galatians 4.19, he says, My little children whom I travail in childbed again unto Christ be formed. In other words, Christ is in your heart, but he is deformed in your walk. 
So, a believer can have Christ in his heart and have a deformed version of Christ in his walk. So, there is no consistency between his heart and his walk. They tell a lie. One says, I'm the righteousness of God. One says, I can't live right. So, it is the power of self that brings people to destruction. And I told you, every sin a believer commits is a sin of selfishness. Every sin is rooted in selfishness. Every sin is rooted in selfishness. You can imagine any sin. It is selfishness. So if you are a believer and you are selfish, welcome to the world of sin. It's all about you. And most of the time we get angry because it's all about us. We feel we are too important that people should be able to understand us. Why don't you understand people? There are people who are angry. You know the reason? You know the reason? Because nobody called to check up on them. If nobody is checking up on you, do what? Check up on them. Simple. There are people who are angry today. You'll be shocked. that They sent someone a text message. The person did not reply on time I'm telling you you know what I say now who does he think he is oh maybe he was not getting down from trotro a car will knock him down you want to kill him and because of this he he or she is angry who does he think he thinks he can flex me A simple reply that delayed you are angry with that person no you'll be, you'll be shocked how the devil can make us petty petty you know it's unfortunate you want to be understood but you don't understand people what if at the time you texted the person the person was being admitted to the hospital what if the mom of that person you were texting was being, was being taken to emergency? And you are angry for nothing. Tell somebody, don't be petty. When I respect the man of God, whether he replies me or not, I'll still text him again. When I call him, he doesn't return my call. I don't say, ah. I'll wait for him. If he thinks the time is up, he will call. Maybe his screen is off. No, you see. No, you, you got to think. Maybe here, the screen, the screen on the phone, it's gone off. So he cannot see missed calls or see numbers. How about that? You see, when you're teaching and everywhere is quiet like that, you know something is happening. The Holy Ghost is punching some people in the house. Some people are taking slaps, dirty slaps from the spirit. <laughs> hallelujah I'm teaching good here so you control it anger shouldn't get the better part of you no 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 anger does not look good on you to be consistently an angry person is to live a fake life you are fake because your original is love Number three, express it. 
So number one, we said what? Repress it. That means subdue. Number two, we said what? Suppress. That means control it. Number three, express it. Yet maturely. So, you know, those some years ago, I thought being angry and expressing it was canal. So I was keeping it. You know, a lot of times we spiritual guys, we are affected by these things. So we hold it in. We say, hey, if I say it, it will be like, I, I, don't, I don't know the word. So you, they see me as a prayer giant. So it's okay. You need to learn to express anger beautifully. Beautifully. And sometimes you can be a little hard. Yet when you are done, you are done. You are back on track. Just within two minutes, it's okay. So, when you express your anger, it should not tend to be in the flesh. That's the only problem. It should not result into the flesh. It should not turn into harsh words. It should not turn into quarrel and division. No. Praise God. I'm teaching good here. First Corinthians chapter 14, the verse 20. I love the word. Look, this verse is too powerful. He says, Brethren, be not children in understanding. How be it in wickedness? Be ye children. But in understanding, be ye men. Give it to me in NLT. He says, dear brothers and sisters, don't be childish in your understanding of these things. Be innocent as babies when it comes to evil. But be mature in understanding matters of this kind. You know why he says, uh, uh, when it comes to wickedness and malice, be children. You'll be shocked. It was my son that taught me this scripture. Ah, you beat this boy. For something bad he did. He will cry as if you are the worst enemy. After one minute. <laughs> he's laughing with you again. You will carry him. He will come to you again. They easily forget it. Children easily forget offense. So he says in wickedness. The children. You will never find a child. With, between the ages of one and two, who hold a grudge for five days? Never possible. <laughs> that child, or you are me, or a Lilliput. He shut a bundle. <laughs> you won't find it after one minute. The child is smiling, laughing with you again. The Bible says, you see, you, can you imagine you can even learn from a child? He says, in understanding, be mature. Some of you, in understanding, you are children. In evil, you are champions. <laughs> in retaliation, you, you are 80 years old. Amazing. He says, be children. You know, sometimes when people express patience that way, they say, where the on the jijin kwasya semso, where the you don't understand this life. One anger you avoided can make someone born again or condemn someone to hell. I'm telling you this.
because of one anger you expressed someone says hey Christian I want to be a Buddhist yeah I'm telling you and people don't know people says for me I have not gone for evangelism for a long time you have been evangelizing every single day your, your status is an ev evangelism the way you talk to people is an evangelism the way you relate to people is an evangelism. You don't know. You are, see, you are a walking evangelist. You don't need to tell somebody Jesus loves you. That quarrel is a message. And like I told you, there are two Bibles. One is with you and one is you. And if people want to read, they want to check it out. Because the unbeliever does not see the Bible with you. He sees the Bible that is you. The unbeliever does not know you are the righteousness of God in Christ. He only sees you living right. He does not see that uh, uh, be slow to anger. He sees be slow to anger by you and through you. So when he looks at you, he's like, whoa! There's something unique about this guy. When I get everywhere, people know I'm a pastor. You for know. anybody when you when i meet someone for the first time i don't introduce myself as a pastor i say i'm isaac but something somehow they get to know and some of you <laughs> into me into me and they hear that ah oh yeah also hey it's a joke it's a joke, it's a joke. Or your prayer warrior. Hey! <laughs> prayer warrior. Whoa. See, you can be a prayer warrior and still be easily angered. Prayer does not cast away quick temperedness. I'm serious. You know, sometimes people think engaging in spiritual activities is a cleansing. You've not seen somebody eh, who can play paya taya and still go and fornicate. You've not seen it before. The same month for the paya taya. Oh, he is kissing somebody like uh, Buffalo. <laughs> the, the same month. Oh, the same month. Paya ta, paya ta, aqua, no, aqua. <laughs> He's a dangerous guy. You've not seen it before. Well, it's not common here. <laughs> I know I'm teaching good. Something is working. There's a surgery. See, there's a spiritual surgery. Something is. Angels are. Whoa. Oh God, when I'm done, I'm going to introduce you officially. <laughs> oh. Thank you for being around, man of God. Hallelujah. You know, it's amazing. People easily don't let things go. They don't easily forget things. You, 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 are, you are quick to forget today's teaching. But you still have memories of offense. People that angered you. 
You remember their names and their surnames. The time and the date. The year. A, a lady was crying. The husband said, baby, what is wrong? So soon you have forgotten. That this is the one year anniversary when you cheated on me. Or celebrating one year anniversary. Okay? She remembers the date. One year anniversary when you cheated on me. Okay? And you know, people know, see, you know how to remember things. You can remember everything, the time they, they offended you in the venue. <laughs> you are very good. How many scriptures do you have in your mind? Since Sunday school, you only remember John 11, 35. And Jesus wept. John 3, 16, for God so loved the world. You rattle it. Quote another one. You can't remember today's teaching. Oh, what did you learn today? The pastor is very powerful. Oh, what did you learn? The man is deep. <laughs> it's deep. It's deeper than what people say. But you never remember anything. To determine the maturity of a man, you see it by what he keeps in his heart. A sign that you are growing is determined by what you keep in your heart. The word or words of man. Thank you, Lord. So we are still dealing with the works of the flesh. Hallelujah. So today we are on a very sensitive work of the flesh which we call envy and jealousy. I'm combining the two. They are all part of the works of the flesh. So let's go to Galatians chapter 5 the verse 20. Alright, so it says idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, variance, emulation. So the word emulation there is jealousy. So you can write that down. Emulation there is jealousy. Then he says wrath, seditions, heresies. Uh huh. He says envies. So we are combining the two because envy and jealousy are linked, though they are not the same. I know many of you have taught that envy and jealousy are the same. Today I'm going to break it down for you. They are not the same, but they work together, closely linked. So, so we are dealing with envy and jealousy. It's a very sensitive topic I need you to see. You know, someone will say, for me, I don't think I've ever envied anybody. Wait and let's finish now. I told you, when I, as, as I'm, you see, I don't study these things to just come and teach. I study it for myself. And the Holy Ghost dealt with me several times, I'm telling you. When I was studying them, he was just showing me potholes in my life that I was not walking in. And I had to quickly adjust. You know, when you hear the word and you realize your life is not in alignment, quickly what? Adjust. That's what you do. You adjust. You align. Quickly. That's what we call repentance. That means you change your mind about it. You change your direction. So repentance means change of mind. It also means change of direction. So quickly, we want to look at jealousy and envy. Now, please understand this. No matter who you are, there are people who are going to be better than you, richer than you, and more gifted than you. You need to understand this fact. 
Because I think it's a key to what I'm going to teach. If you don't allow this to settle in your heart, you will give in to jealousy and envy. A lot of time when we talk of jealousy, people think of a husband and a wife who is jealous that somebody will take him or a boyfriend and a girlfriend who is jealous that somebody will snatch him. It's beyond that. I trust the Holy Spirit is going to bless you. Now, quickly, let me give you the definition of uh, jealousy. The word jealousy is from the Greek word zealous. Zealous. Z-E-L-O-S. Zealous. Now, the word zealous means seeking to surpass or outdo others. Seeking to surpass or outdo others. Seeking to surpass or outdo others. I have a lot. I'm going to let you write a lot today. Because it will help you. You need to write these things down. I don't want to just rattle it from the spirit. Number two, it means a spirit of rivalry. You've heard of the word rival. They say a man gets married to an, a second wife and the second wife becomes a rival to the first wife. So it's like there is competition. So it's a spirit of rivalry. It's like two people in competition. And you seek to outdo or surpass the person for your own interest. To feel important. So it's a spirit of rivalry. It also means resentment against a rival or a person enjoys something you think you deserve. Let me repeat that again. A resentment against a rival or a person enjoys something you think you deserve. Maybe let me say it for the last time. Resentment against a rival or a person enjoys something you think you deserve. Now, what is envy? Envy is from the Greek word phthonos, phthonos, which is P-H-T-H-O-N-O-S, phthonos. P-H-T-H-O-N-O-S, phthonos, phthonos. All right. Now, the word envy is the pain and the resentment you feel when you desire to have what belongs to another person. It's the pain and the resentment you feel when you desire to have what belongs to another person. Man of God, I thought we were teaching on forgiveness. Oh. I thought we were teaching on forgiveness. The pain and the resentment you feel when you desire to have what belongs to another person. Alright, so we just defined them. By the Greek. Now, we want to see the difference between jealousy and envy. Please take the note, okay? Take the difference. Jealousy is when you worry someone will take what you have. Jealousy is when you feel someone will take what you have. You worry, you begin to worry and get anxious that someone will take what you have. That's jealousy. You are threatened, intimidated, worried, anxious that someone will take what you have. While envy, on the other hand, is wanting what someone else has. Are you seeing the difference? So, jealousy 
is the is getting worried that someone will possess what you have while envy is actually wanting what belongs to another person so jealousy has got to do with what leaves you envy has got to do with what you want to get from that person what you wish you were working in can we proceed all right next one envy denotes a longing to possess something awarded or achieved by another a longing to possess something awarded or achieved by another jealousy on the other hand denotes a feeling of resentment that another has gained something that one thinks he rightly deserves Jealousy, on the other hand, denotes a feeling of resentment that another has gained something that one thinks he rightly deserves. So, jealousy, okay, is thinking that one is not worthy of having what they have because you feel you deserve it more. So, it's the feeling that one does not deserve to have what he has because you think you deserve it more. That is jealousy. And as you're listening to this teaching, you need to adjust a lot of things in your heart. Thinking someone is not worthy to have what they have because you think you deserve it. The Holy Ghost had to deal with me because some, some time ago, you know, when I watch someone preaching on TV and the person is not preaching the gospel, I'm like, ah, if I had this platform, if I had the same stage, this same TV station, the world will bow. Welcome to pride. Welcome to pride. Because you feel that preacher who is on TV does not deserve to be there. And you, you are rightfully deserving to be there. That is jealous. That is, uh, yeah, that is envy. You want to have what the person has. You want to be in that place where that person is. And sometimes it gets to wickedness. When you wish the person lost it, then you have it. And sometimes you even wish the person died so that you can have it. An example of jealousy is when you hear your friend was promoted. When you guys have been working at the same time, you were employed the same time. And you were paid the same salary. Same working conditions. Yet he was promoted. And you were like, now this guy, what does he do? What does he do for him to get what he's getting? Uh, be careful. Be careful. Listen, if you learn to fight your own fight, God won't fight your fight for you. I'm telling you. And there are people just because someone was promoted who they think did not deserve it, they are angry at that person. That's jealousy. Be careful. And maybe you can, you can be right. Yeah, the person didn't deserve it. But there is something called grace. Where people have what they don't deserve. So accept it. That grace is also working in his life. There are some of you, the last time you did your PhD. It was the last time some friends stopped talking to you. 
on your graduation day. Hello there, selfie. That was the end. Why should you do your PhD? It's an evil spirit. I'm teaching good. Now listen. See, some of these things opens doors to spirits. I'm telling you. If you don't deal with it, I'm going to teach you how to deal with it because if you don't deal with it, it will deal with you. It will change you. So sometimes you see people in certain places where you think you deserve it. You deserve to be there. They don't deserve to be there because you think you're more gifted. It happens everywhere. It happens in the office. It happens in ministry. It happens amongst music ministers. It happens. There are a lot of crazy things happening out there. Let's still strike a difference. Envy is a two-person relationship. Envy is always between two people. Two-person relationship. I want what you have. It's a two-person relationship. I want what you have. I want it. What you have, I want it. Jealousy is a three-person triangle. I want the recognition you have from others. Jealousy is a two-way. Uh, sorry, envy is a two-way. Between two people. I want what you have. Jealousy is a three-way. It's like a triangle. I want the recognition that others give to you. So there's a third party in jealousy. How you want others to, be tr to treat you over another person. Why should they offer, offer him a seat in front when we all started ministry together and I'm in the middle row? So now a common chair has changed you. Whoa. I'm teaching good here. Can we continue? So, jealousy occurs when you want to keep what you have. In other words, we become jealous when we are afraid of losing something in life that we value. You are scared of losing that dignity, that shine. You are scared of losing it. And I, and I saw a lot of maturity in uh, this gospel musician in Nigeria. Her name is Messi Chingo. There was a new uh, artist that was signed. She's called Judy K. And that lady also hit with a song just in 2019, last year. She's all over the place. If you see how Messi Chingo is pushing this lady, you have no idea. Pushing this lady. You can imagine. He's just pushing her. I watched one of their, their videos. She was performing, and Messi Chimo was, was the one she was sitting. She was not performing. And she was clapping, jumping all over the place. I was like, whoa. It's not that easy to find that amongst musicians. Because they're stealing my shine now. They'll say that my time is over. Huh. You need to be careful. I hope I'm helping someone here. Good. Mm. Right. So, envy 
on the other hand, is when we want something that we don't have, which someone has. It is when we want someone something that we don't have, which someone else has. We want it. I want, I want this, this thing. I just like it. I don't care whether the person dies for me to have it, but I want it. That's envy. You want to be in the, in the place of the person. Can we proceed? Alright, so envy is a reaction to lacking something. It is a reaction to lacking something. While jealousy is a reaction to the threat of losing something or someone. Are you seeing it? So envy is a reaction of what? Lacking something. While jealousy is the reaction of losing something. You feel you're going to lose something. That's jealousy. So you do everything to protect it in a very negative, selfish way. Hmm. These two sins we are just talking about, they are sins. Okay, they are what? Sins. You need to, you need to understand that. Let me prove that to you. Second Corinthians chapter um, 12, the verse 20. Yeah. Look, he says, For I fear, this is Apostle Paul talking, lest when I come, I shall not find you such as would, and that I shall be found unto ye that ye would not. Then, no, come to the verse. Okay, good. So he says, There be what? Debates. What? Envies. Look at the next verse. He says, Unless when I come again, my God will humble me among you, and then I shall bewail many which have sinned already. What's in the verse before? So envy and jealousy is a sin. So anytime those tendencies begin to crop up, know that sin is at the door. Deal with it quickly. I'm going to teach you how soon. These twin brothers have led to murder. They have led to destruction of relationships. They've led to a lot of evil. They've led to hatred, which is jealousy and envy. You can imagine, imagine that Satan envied God and wanted to be in the place of God. And guess what? Boom! He fell. It's not safe. Praise God. But you need to understand something before we, we, we move on. That envy and jealousy can be used rightly. Now, like I've always been telling you, there are some of these things you find in the Bible, you always judge them as sin. But most of the time, it is rather how we engage in it that makes it sinful. So I told you, Satan cannot create anything. He only perverts what God creates. Sex is good. God created it. But Satan perverts sex so that people engage in it wrongfully. Are you seeing that? So like we said last week, you see, hatred in itself is not, is not uh, bad. Because the Bible says, I love righteousness and hate iniquity. So hatred is to, supposed to be directed towards what? Evil. We are to hate ungodly practices. It's in the Bible. 
The Bible says the fear of the Lord is to hate or eschew evil. Apostle Paul said in Romans 12, he says, abhor every manner of evil. In other words, hate it. So hatred is good, but it is directed towards things that don't bring glory to God. But when your hatred is directed towards people, there is a problem. It is called sin. So envy and jealousy can be used rightly. Praise God. Jealousy is not a sin when it is used to protect something that belongs to you. Please follow this. Jealousy is not sin when it is used to protect something that belongs to you. I'll give an example like a mother hen who protects, who jealously protects the chicks around them because he does not want the hawk or the crow to come and pick them up. That's a kind of jealousy that protects. It protects the interest of others. It is not selfish. It protects the interest of others. Are you following this? Praise God. Mm. I'm teaching good though. So can we proceed? Good. So there is godly jealousy and worldly jealousy. I'm sure some of you are shocked. I'm going to show you very soon. There is godly jealousy. For your information, the Bible says our God is a jealous God. <laughs> Why did God say our God is a jealous God? Why is he jealous? He, he used that in context referring to idol worship. He said that to the Israelites before they were about to enter the promised land. He said, our God, for God is a jealous God. Why did he use that? God is saying that going to worship idols which has no life and will rather bring destruction to you, I am jealous over it because I want to protect you. Are you seeing that? So God's jealousy is not evil and selfish. It protects the interest of others. Because God knows that idol worship will bring destruction. So there is godly jealousy that protects the interest of others. There is also demonic jealousy that put, uh, only protects self-interest. A wife will protect the husband jealously when he finds a certain woman pricking around all the time. But when that jealousy crosses the boundary and it becomes suspicion, it becomes insecurity and intimidation, it becomes ungodly. Because women, it's believed, have seed sense. They can tell you this woman, be careful. And you will see this woman as the most Holy Ghost pocket person in the world. Pastor, praise the Lord. Have you taken your breakfast? <laughs> and your wife will tell you, be careful. I'm like, oh, baby, why are you jealous like this? Look at her eyes. Fire of the Holy Ghost is there. Abba, be careful. It's not because she's being jealous. She can sense something. Every thief knows a thief. <laughs> Are you here with me? Every thief knows what? A thief. When he finds her, he says, mm, mm, be careful. And you have to be careful, though. 
If not, you bring a stone to her. Sometime before you return the stone, the stone has fallen. So you got to be careful. You know, men just look at the outside. What she? Oh, she's a very nice person. She bought me credit innocently. She's a pastor. Have you done your body devotion? Are you the one to check the devotion? <laughs> so a woman can protect the husband. A man can protect the wife. That jealousy is, is godly. It is to protect the other party. Because if you don't express it that way, it can't save the other party. Are you following what I'm saying? Good. Mm. So, we, there's a right way of using jealousy and a wrong way of using jealousy. I saw a scripture in James chapter 4, the verse 4. I was shocked that the Bible says the Holy Ghost lasted unto envy. He says, ye adulteress and adulteresses. This is not referring to the physical sin of adultery. In context, it was referring to people who were uh, uh, Christians who were actually contaminated with worldly activities. So he compared a Christian who was given in to worldly activities as an adulteress. That means he is having an affair with the world. So he called them adulteress and adulteresses. He says, know ye not that friendship with the world is enmity with God. The word enmity means that an opposition. Anytime the word friendship, oh I wish I could. Know ye not that friendship, the word friendship there means fondness, to be fond with something. It says fondness of the world is enmity. The word enmity there means opposition. In other words, when we are fond of the world, that fondness opposes God. It opposes the things of God. The word God is actually theos in Greek. which does not only mean God. It means the things of God. So he says, do you not know that being fond of the world is an opposition against the things of God? Then he says, whosoever will be a friend, that means will be fond of the world, will oppose the things of God. Next verse. He says, do you think that the scripture saith in vain, the spirit that dwelleth in us, that's what? Lasted to envy. Now, he was speaking to people who were being fond of the world. And he says the spirit lasted unto envy. In other words, when we give in our life our strength to the pleasures of the world, the Holy Ghost becomes envious. Because he knows that nothing good comes out of this world. So this is godly. It's a righteous envy. Look at 2 Corinthians 11, the verse 2. Look at Paul. He says, for I'm jealous over you. With what? Godly jealousy. So there is godly jealousy. Why is he jealous over them? Look. For I have espoused you to one husband. What is he saying? I preach Christ to you. In you receiving Christ, you became espoused to Christ as your husband. He says, I espoused you. I betrothed you to one husband, Christ. That I may present to you as a chaste virgin to Christ. So Paul's jealousy is to protect the interests of the church who has been given in marriage union with Christ. And in the context, they were actually preaching another Jesus. For your information, there is Jesus and there is Jesus. Not every Jesus coming from the pulpit is the original Jesus. How do I know? Next verse. But I fear 
lest by any means as the serpent began if through subtlety so your mind should be corrupted in the simplicity that's in Christ he's saying the temptation that happened in the garden is still happening to us every day how Eve was tempted to shift focus from Christ the tree of life to the devil or the flesh He's saying after we believe in Jesus Christ, that serpent also comes figuratively to corrupt our minds in staying and abiding in the simplicity of the gospel. So when we preach that salvation is by grace alone, through faith alone, in Christ alone, and someone says, no, you need to add some works to it so that your salvation can be complete. That is a serpent talking. He's subtly corrupting your mind from the simplicity. The word simplicity doesn't mean the gospel is simple. No. Simplicity means focus, singleness. The word simplicity is singleness. It says from the singleness that's in Christ. That means our eyes must be single. We have two eyes. But the Bible is saying here our eyes must be single on Christ. Focusing on Christ. So he says, I have jealousy that is godly. Now look at the next verse. For if he that cometh preacheth another Jesus. So not all Jesus is Jesus. Huh? Whom ye have not preached. And if you receive another. Let me work this equation for you. If another Jesus is preached, another spirit will be received. You wonder, you enter a place where people roll like scorpions. Stand here. The demon says, me, I stole a marriage, I stole a wedding gown. She won't go anywhere. Okay, media. You look at that. That's another spirit. It's another spirit. Because people have not understood the gospel. When men understand the gospel, they don't roll like scorpions. They stand in Christ. I'm telling you. Are there demonic stuffs? Yeah, they are. But the Bible says, this sign shall follow you. It's not you following them. It says, this sign shall follow them that believe in my name. So it is the believer's responsibility to cast out devil. So if, it is, if a pastor is casting out devil out of a believer, that believer has failed. You are not doing your job and someone is doing your job for you. Of course, some of you, we have to help you. Pastor, We'll cast it out. Because we have to. But through teaching and giving you revelation of who you are in Christ. When that devil puts up his head somewhere. He said, devil, I know who I am, man. I know who I am. Get out there. You have a dream. You are eating okra soup. He said, devil, I was not satisfied with the banku. Tomorrow when you are coming, I don't see more. <laughs> man of God, if you have a dream, somebody's giving you food. What do you do? Eat it. <laughs> what will you do? Eat. Man of God, eating in dream is demonical. Scripture. Give me scripture. 
The Bible says, These sons shall follow them that believe. They shall eat any deadly thing, and it shall not harm them, whether in the spirit or in the dream. <laughs> if you have not understood this, I'm teaching, don't try this at home. Someone asked me, man of God, you preach on spiritual authority. So, what happens when I see a snake passing? Run. <laughs> run. Quickly. Run. Because God gives you grace to run. The apostle ran. Peter, when they were being chased, they ran. Who are you? <laughs> Who are you to stay? We want war. Who's in the name of God? <laughs> I rebuke, I rebuke. The uh, snake is not in your house. You rebuke. Run! Go home. Praise the Lord, man. Another Jesus produces another spirit. I'm teaching on envy. Let's go back. How many minutes have I got? Okay, let me do this in five minutes. We're going to continue next week. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Hmm. So, jealousy can be very good when it is directed towards protecting the interests of others. Let me give you, let me see if I can get you another scripture. All right. So, 1 Corinthians chapter 10, the verse 22. Look, he says, Do we provoke the Lord to jealousy? Are we stronger than him? So, even God, the Bible calls him jealous. And that jealous is godly, it's to protect you. Hallelujah. So there are biblical examples of envy that destroyed people. Cain is one of them. Many biblical examples of how jealousy and, uh, and envy destroy the lives of people. Cain and Abel offered an offering to God. Remember, someone says for me, man of God, I don't, I don't do Old Testament. You don't do Old Testament, then you, you are in big trouble. You know, sometimes when people understand the New Testament, they say, let's discard the Old Testament. You are in the greatest error. Because every revelation of the New Testament has its foundation in the Old Testament. So if anybody teaches you that the Old Testament is outdated, it is the covenant under that testament that is over. But the life, the stories, and the events are for our learning. Praise God. Every major New Testament truth is found in the book of Genesis. Praise God. Even rapture was found in Genesis. Do you know that the Bible tells us that there was a man called Enoch. The Bible says he walked with God. Hmm? And the Bible says he was no more. For God had taken rapture. You know when it happened? After Methuselah died, Enoch was taking, and guess what? Judgment came, flood. After Christ died, Methuselah. The church will be raptured. Judgment comes. It's amazing. So even rapture is found, it is founded in Old Testament. Tell me righteousness, it is found in the Old Testament. 
Holiness found in the Old Testament. Every, every doctrine you find in the New Testament, it has its foundation in the Old Testament. Praise God. Look at Romans chapter 15, verse 4. He says, For whatsoever things were written aforetime were written for our learning that we through patience and comfort of the scriptures might have hope. So both Cain and Abel made an offering. And the Bible says, Cain's offering was rejected. Abel's offering was accepted. When we were in Sunday school, they told us, Cain brought rotten tomatoes. Please delete that immediately. He brought very good fruit. Time won't permit me to go into that. I've thought uh, several times on it. But there was a problem. God showed Cain how to be accepted. Remember, Abel came through blood to be accepted. Telling us in the New Testament, a man will be accepted by the blood and sacrifice of Jesus. So, when is, why was Cain's offering rejected? Remember, God did not curse Adam. God says, cursed is the ground for your sake. So the ground was cursed and Cain was working on a ground that was, uh, that was cursed to bring fruit to God. So the fruits were good but the ground was cursed. And he worked through labor and stress to bring fruit to God. And God says, no, I do not take good fruit from a cursed ground. Are you seeing that? It, it is to also tell us that, see, no matter how good an unbeliever is, he still remains in the curse. So his good fruit is still cursed. So he can't be accepted except it comes through his blood. <laughs> so Cain was rejected and God showed him the way he says if you do what is right what is right what Abel did and he's accepted blood sacrifice he came through the blood of Christ and Abel Cain says no I won't do it he was envious that, that Abel was accepted you know what he killed his brother there are some of you you have not killed others yet but you have killed them in your heart You wish they were dead and they were no more. But some of you, your father is not dead. You are waiting for him to die to take his will. Father, preserve that man. Let him cross 100. Let him cross 150 in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. You can imagine the envy from Joseph. He just had a dream now. He didn't have the dream fulfilled though. Just the dream alone was an intimidation. The dream alone intimidated his brothers. The Bible says his brothers envied him. And guess what? They envied him till they plotted to kill him. And one of them said, let's not kill him. Let's sell him. Guess who sold him? Judah. Guess who betrayed Jesus? Judas. From the same Jew family. <laughs> Anyway, so they sold him, they betrayed him. Listen, when you don't control envy and jealousy, you will betray people. Ah, my time is up. We're going to continue next week. Lift your voice, begin to bless the Lord.